Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, what the St. Boniface Rails hockey team is doing in the community to help teach kids to not be bullies. Cam Craig, their GM, will share their anti-bullying initiatives. Also, Hugh Headley of Football Manitoba shares how their spring is going and how their flag football season about to begin. A lot of girls taking part in that, which is really cool. And the GM and head coach of the Portage Terriers, Blake Spilly, talks about their perfect playoff run so far. One win away from getting back to the Turnbull Cup final. That's on the podcast. Joined on the line by Cameron Craig. He is the general manager of the St. Boniface Reels MMJHL hockey team. How are you doing tonight, Cam? I'm doing great. How are you doing, my friend? Doing well. Uh, we're in touch because of an initiative that your team has uh, done off the ice this year. Now, the season is over, uh, but you, you helped run a, an anti-bullying campaign in St. Boniface minor hockey. Why is it important as a team, a junior hockey team, to to give back to the community? Uh, well, I mean, junior hockey in general uh, has to be a... Uh, must be an outlet for the community and uh, I think that in Manitoba we do a fantastic job of being involved in the community in junior hockey um, and this was something that we kind of came across uh, just two years ago and uh, what the school divisions were doing with their pink shirt campaigns and uh, didn't really no- it, we never really noticed a lot of it going on uh, within hockey Manitoba and Winnipeg hockey and uh, uh, we figured it was something we should really, you know, maybe uh, start pushing ourselves. So it kind of started as a uh, just, you know, going and maybe talking about kindness at the rink and uh, just the way the kids took on to it, it. It really took off in the first year, which kind of got us to where we are now. So how was the, I guess, the feedback from the players when they first found out that this is something they'd be taking part in going into these minor hockey rooms and telling people about uh, anti-bullying? Well, from our players, it was great. And, uh, you know, at, at first, you know, you ask them to do something and we've had, in our organization, uh, our kids are always uh, invested in the community, which is great. Uh, but uh, the second we started doing it, they just really, really got attached to kind of the message that, we're, that we were sending. And we're talking about real teenagers here that oftentimes maybe, you know, haven't been taught themselves, but certainly this is something that can also be informative to them and to be able to teach it to younger kids too. Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially, you know, in university, going into the workplace, it's uh, the best way to kind of, you know, uh, relearn a, a message just to teach it and, uh, our, our kids get a lot out of it themselves. And, uh, of course, in the, the minor hockey community does too. So how would it work then? Would you go in and just have like a pre-planned message? Was it a question and answer kind of thing? Um, year one, we, uh, we would go to all their practices and, uh, we'd skate with teams and kind of get to know them. And then we'd go kind of do our spiel. And, uh, our first year we really used, uh, we kind of focused it around the word empowerment, it's empowering your teammates, you know, like how can you, how do you want to feel based on the way other people treat you? Because, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of times that, you know, it, the encouragement of a teammate is going to make or break the player you are. And uh, so we kind of really dialed into that the first year. Um, the second year we, we based it around camaraderie. 
because the thing about a locker room in hockey and I guess in sports in general, there's always going to be joking around. It's, it's, you know, you joke around with your friends, you know, you push fun, but there's that limit where you have to understand where a joke is not a joke to somebody anymore. And, uh, so that's kind of what, that's kind of what we based it off the last couple of years. Okay. So, uh, so I take it then that this has been two years now, this initiative has been ongoing. Yeah. Okay. What do you have a plan yet for year three? Well, um, what we did, we just actually announced that we're, we're switching from a, uh, from a campaign into a foundation. Um, the Red Cross has done such an incredible job within the communities with a program called Beyond the Hurt that, they, that they've been running. Um, and I've had the opportunity to learn the curriculum and whatnot of, uh, of what they do. Uh, unfortunately, it's, they're going to have to redirect uh, their efforts towards other programs because, of course, you know, they, there's only so much in a nonprofit you, know, you can do. So uh, we're kind of using this opportunity to uh, stay the course within St. Boniface minor hockey, Winnipeg minor hockey, uh, keep our kids within the community. But uh, myself and a couple of the other executives of our new foundation plan to be a resource to kind of push the curriculum that the Red Cross uh, created because it, they, they did an incredible job. How old are you, Cam? Uh, I just turned 30 last month. How has bullying, I guess, the conversation around it changed from when you were a kid playing to, to now? Uh, you know, you noticed a few years back that hazing became a pretty big issue in, in hockey, and, and understandably so. I mean, it's, uh, there, there's no room for some of the stuff that was going on in junior hockey uh, within hazing. Uh, but now this is more so, and I think that's been uh, dialed into pretty well, but now we're kind of just making sure that uh, you know, people cheat each other the same way. We're looking back when I used to play, you know, it, now that we use this word camaraderie, I can't really tell a lot of the time if I was joking or maybe going over the top with a lot of my teammates. And the thing is, everybody has the op- has the right to be at the rink and you shouldn't have the, and you shouldn't be able to take that away from somebody, right? So I think that it's, I think it's getting better. And I think that kids are really, really um, listening to some of these messages compared to, you know, a few years back when I was playing junior hockey. But, uh, but yeah, uh, to, like, to answer your question, yeah, I think it's come a long way. Because I know a big part of sports and hockey, too, is just toughness and, you know, the idea of being a man and be able to take things. But you should also be able to, to speak up and have a conversation with somebody if you feel like someone's gone too far. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something we really, we, we really try to push is that it's not only just making sure you're accountable for yourself, but if you, within the locker room, if you notice something, because a lot of the time too, people don't understand, you know, maybe kids don't understand what they're doing might be over the top. Right. And it's always about pulling inside a teammate and uh, maybe saying, Hey, has, you know, have you noticed that maybe this person is responding to, you know, these jokes? Um, so you're right. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's all about toughness. And that's kind of the, uh, uh, kind of a conflict interest too. Right. But, uh, when it comes to a team sport like hockey, uh, you know, a group of guys with a common goal, if somebody doesn't want to be there, you know, 
mentally, it, it, it's kind of irrelevant, right? So, mm-hmm. um, well, Cam, uh, I appreciate this. Uh, you joining me tonight. What does a an off season look like for a general manager in the MMJHL? Uh, this year, it's uh, uh, you know just really trying to get into the community and. Uh, I mean, sponsorship's always big, but uh, we've got a lot of talent within the within our catchment, and uh, just making sure that uh, every kid understands that this is a great place to play, a great place to better themselves, go to school, work, and uh, have the opportunity to play this game at a very high level. All right, Cam, appreciate your time tonight. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm joined in studio by Hugh Headley of the. Football Manitoba team, communications for Football Manitoba. How are you doing, Hugh? I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So it's March right now. Is there any kind of off-season for football in Manitoba? We've orchestrated it, so there is no off-season. Basically, there's football all the time, and right now it's practically March Madness for us. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you've got uh, spring leagues coming up soon? Yeah, we got spring flag football happening, and just uh, the season kicks off. April 27th. It's from youth from 7 to 17 years old. And uh, yeah, it's just been, uh, you know, all kinds of things are happening. On the 14th, the Bombers are having some of the kids at the stadium for a flag skills camp. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's the, all kinds of things like that are happening. Uh, girls are starting to get into flag football and into football itself. So that's kind of cool, too. So you have noticed more more girls signing up for this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've had girls. Uh, and because the, the flag league that we run for Football Manitoba is it's a co-ed league. You know, they, the girls and boys play on the same team, or you, some girls have set up their own teams, we're finding now. So it's it's a, it's a whole uh, plethora of girls signing up, and we want more. It's, it's awesome to have girls signing up for football flag and then even getting into uh, tackle. So have you seen the numbers in tackle football change over the years because there's been lots of talks about concussions and you know trying to keep your kids safe maybe they'll play flag football instead have you noticed numbers go down at all absolutely the the numbers have been affected uh, by some of the uh, the movies out there and some of the the talk out there but the the things that we're doing at football manitoba and football canada itself is uh working on safety and working on things like uh, flag football and showing people the fundamentals because flag football actually teaches fundamentals of how to tackle and how to tackle properly, getting your head to the side. Those things don't For change. For flag football? Yeah, absolutely. When you're grabbing a flag, they're at the perfect place. For right like, on the hips, right? On the hips. So they're at the perfect place for someone to tackle you. So it's it's just, it, it basically builds a proper fundamental for someone to tackle properly, not trying to tackle with their head. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, there, it, flag football has increased. And so uh, I, I'm, we're thinking, we're hoping that uh, uh, football tackle numbers will taper. Do you see any people transitioning, you know, they'll start in flag and then maybe jump over to tackle football? Uh, yeah, you, you do see you do see quite a bit of that. Tom Brady did that. Um, famously, everybody always says, you know, wow, Tom Brady started off in flag football. So, you know, uh, we're seeing a lot of people doing that. We see that in in boys and girls. So a lot of girls will start with flag football. They'll say, oh, this is not bad. And then they're like, oh, there's there's junior girls tackle football. There's there's senior girls tackle football. There's women's football. Okay, yeah, well, there's a know, women's league. There's a women's league, and we're dominating that. I mean, Canada has the best league in North America, so we're pretty proud of that. Right, so there's you know many ways and times of the year that people can come out and try. So I guess if they want to get involved in flag football, is it too late? No, absolutely not. Uh, the... Deadline is April 1st for people to 
Uh, sign up for flag football at flag, flagmanitoba.com. Um, that's the deadline for the early bird. But we're still taking calls, and I shouldn't even tell people that we're taking <laughs> calls because our phones will be ringing off the hook. But we are still taking calls after April 1st, but this is this is the time to get in right now, get signed up, and uh, get uh, involved in flag football. And that's for kids 7 to 17. Kids 7 to 17, and, yeah, you know, all over the city. So uh, some people, we have people calling from all the way from Lorette to uh, Steinbeck, and they're all signing up teams. And so it works uh, from all over the city and all parts. What options are there for adults to play? Well, for for football Manitoba, we don't deal in adult football, but there is um, a pit football league, and they do. Uh, shout out to Pit, you're lucky. Thank you, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, pit football, they do run a flag football league for for adults and men and women. Okay, how long have you been with football Manitoba? Uh, well, you know, I'm closing in on a year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it must be just constantly. Go, go, go. Yes, it is. It is constantly go, go, go. We just uh, finished up uh, our our U18 uh, phase one, which is the uh, high performance uh, tackle football team. Uh, U16 was the weekend before that. And then we're having our annual black and gold game in uh, the May long weekend. So uh, we're ramping up for all that. And so there's always something going on, as I said, uh, before we uh, got on. So what is the black and gold game? The black and gold game is kind of the... Uh, the all-star game of the best players that are either U16 or U18 in Manitoba. Kind of like a showcase game. It's like a showcase game, and they're basically competing to be the representatives for Team Manitoba at uh, the Canada Cup or the Western uh, Regionals. And it's also, I guess, kind of a a big game preview. Maybe some of them want to get onto a university squad at some point. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Um, When they go out to maybe, well, it might not happen at the black and gold game, but when they go, if they make the team and if they go to the Canada Cup or if they go to the Western Regionals, they have the opportunity to uh, showcase their skills because there's a lot of scouts there from different colleges and stuff and universities. So they, they, at that point, that's when they're getting to showcase their skills. I imagine you played football. Yes, I played football. <laughs> yeah. Did you see me limping in? No. No. no okay. <laughs> no, no. I, I did play football. I played uh, a year for the Bison. I played in the States a little bit for uh, for a few teams in Washington State. So, uh, yeah, I, I played football. Yeah. So football's been a part of your life for a while. For a while, yeah. Football is uh, one of those things that, uh, you know, it's it's the ultimate game, right? So it teaches it teaches leadership, it teaches social skills, it teaches you to be a teammate. Team, it teaches humility, and that's what some people don't realize about the sport of football. It teaches humility, like as as a as a um, as a lineman. There's not a lot of glory in being a lineman, but you're doing something for someone else, and you you get that ability to keep continuous, continuously block and and you know and do your job for someone else to get the glory and. They, you, you know, being able to do that um, grows the humility and, you know, I guess pride, I, I guess is the word I'm looking for. So, you, you know, you might see the outliers of someone like Odell Beckham or Antonio Brown, these glory receivers in the NFL, but that's that's not really the case for most people. No, and, but, but you see, the thing is, is that there's always a place for someone on a football field, regardless of how big or small you are. I was not, I'm not the biggest man, <laughs> you know, you tower over me, so it's all good. But I played football, I, I played a, a wide receiver, believe it or not, and I was able to find a way to get open. I was able to, so there's always a position for everyone. And uh, as far as a diva, a receiver and stuff like that, they, they're all over the place. And that, that's just a product, I think, of, you know, coaching, which is something that we're trying to always work on at Football Manitoba, better coaches and um, 
creating better character players. And before I let you go, how important is coaching and getting people that in a lot of cases are volunteering their time to help out the kids? Oh, it's it's uh, it's the most important thing. I mean, I, I I'm glad you brought that up because we do are always looking for coaches, and we have coach training at Football Manitoba that helps coaches become uh, uh, safer coaches, smarter coaches, and you know more caring coaches. So uh, they have to be able to uh, they have background checks. They have to do uh, they have to know about uh, making headway. You talked about the concussion, so we have all these safety uh, parameters in place for coaches so that they're looking after those things with all the kids and making sure that safety is number one. Well, Hugh, I appreciate you coming down and uh, in the studio and sharing your time tonight. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me. Now I mentioned the MJHL, the other series, Portage and Verdon. It's a three game to none lead for the Portage Charriers who are one win away from returning to the Turnbull Cup, leading their best of seven semifinal series with Verdon, three games to none. The Terriers failed to make the league championship last year after winning three consecutive titles. Blake Spiller is the GM and head coach of the Terriers and joins me now. Blake, you had a much tighter game three last night with the Oil Capitals winning in overtime after some not as close games. Is it better for your team kind of for the in the long run to win a tighter game like that? I mean, you know, the, the first two games, uh, you know, they were, they were tight as well. I mean, there was empty netters that... Uh, that made the score a little bit uh, bigger than it actually was. So all, all three games have been have been good. I mean, obviously that was the first one that went to overtime, but uh, it's been a tight series for sure. Seven and zero in the playoffs was that kind of what you expected for your team to this point? Well, I mean, you always hope that, but uh, um, I mean, there's it's it's you know a tight uh, our league is tight, so um, you know we're just you know, focused on, uh, on the next day and, and, and being ready for, for the next game. So, um, you know, we try not to look too far ahead, but, uh, you know, we're definitely happy the way things have, have turned out so far. Um, I don't think that anybody would expected us to be, uh, you know, up three in this series, uh, you know, three nothing in this series for sure. So you were the number one team in the league this year. What kind of pressure does that put on a team? And is it more just, expectations that you have for yourself? Well, I think that, uh, you know, there is, you know, probably a little bit of a target on you when, when you, when you do finish first, I think that, you know, any, anybody that follows the league knows that, uh, you know, there's, there's uh, a handful of teams that, uh, um, you know, could be in our situation is, I mean, with us and Steinbach and, and, and especially Swan, we were, um, you know, tight right till, till the last little bit. And, to find out who who was going to actually finish, you know, first, second, and third. So um, that series over there is also, you know, going to be an interesting one that, uh, you know, looks like it, it could go go a long ways. I mean, there's those are two top teams as well. So, um, you know, for us, it's it's uh, you know just a matter of trying to just go about our business and and not worrying about anything else. Uh, you know, we're we're uh, we know that we're still in tough here with Verdon. They're they're a team that's uh, you know they're definitely got some. Some good vet, good veteran presence there, and some and skill. So you know they're not going to roll over for us here tomorrow night. Would you rather clinch a game on the road at home, or does it matter? Or clinch a series, I should say. You know, you know, I, I, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, the sooner you can close out a series, the, the better, regardless of where it is. Uh, you know, just just the, you know the momentum part of. of of trying to get things done and, and, and as well at this time of year, everybody's, you know, banged up, dinged up a little bit. So um, the sooner you can get done, it gives, uh, gives some guys a, 
you know, more of an extended break. When you're in the playoffs, do you pay any attention at all to the other series that are going on? Well, in this situation, um, in this instance, uh, you know, we we do we have been watching it. I think that uh, um, you know, especially with with them not playing on on the same days as us, so uh, that's you know, a big game. Obviously, every every game is being in the playoffs, but it's a big one tonight in in, in Steinbach. So. And we'll we'll definitely tune in and watch some of that on 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 hockey TV and um, you know I mean you do you do pay attention I was following a little bit of the SGHL you know after our game last night too and and you know three of the three of their their series went into to game seven so that's definitely uh, interesting there as well. How would you describe your team this year? What do they do well? We're a young club. Obviously, we moved uh, some veterans out. That you know, with with you know, in the back of our mind of, of hosting the national championship next year, we moved some some older guys out to to make room for for some younger guys that we recruited. So um, we kept some veterans around that uh, you know just to to give us a little bit of that presence. And um, you know, I think that just a combination of our, our young guys that have come in have been good and. And our veterans have been, you know, real good leaders. So, you know, so far this year, I mean, you know, I think that we're we've probably exceeded expectations, and and um, you know, they're a young group that that uh, you know is receptive to, to what we're we're doing here, and 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 work hard, and and you know, it's been a good group to work with uh, so far. And you know, things get tougher as you go along, and and you know, hopefully, we'll just keep learning here. So I'm looking at the stats for the playoffs so far, and for goals, pretty much the entire front page is forwards except for one player, and that is number 28 on your roster, Sam Houston. What does he mean to your team? Well, he came back from the Western League um, in, in, in late November and, and just brought us uh, you know, that veteran presence that uh, he played with us as a 16-year-old um, when he was finished his midget uh, in Brandon. And, you know, just... So he was familiar with our with our with our program, and, and we're familiar with him. And he, like I said, he just he just brings a veteran presence that uh, is a good calming effect effect for uh, for our for our younger guys on on the back end. So um, you know he's he's got an opportunity to to you know get some power play time and, and, and got some big goals for us obviously this year so far. Yep, five power play goals and seven playoff games for the Brandon Native. Uh, before I let you go, I just want to ask you what what it means to you to be named coach of the year again this year well it's it's there's always you know so many guys that uh that are worthy of that and and uh you know i always say it's 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 it is an honor but it's it's definitely you know just um how how your team's playing more than anything so it's a lot of it goes to your staff and 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 all the all as well the players and obviously the the awards named after you know a former Poise Cherry and Muzz McPherson so that makes it a little bit more special as well. Well, Blake, I appreciate your time tonight and best of luck throughout the rest of the playoffs. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes.